Nicholson. Welcome to the Halos and Games Cast, episode 131. My name is Jeffrey Morris. I'm here with the Nathan Wagner. Hello. And Rob Douglas. I think we should leave the music to the professionals here, Nathan. I am a beautiful recording artist, baby, in my dreams. We do have a beautiful song for you guys at the end of the show today. I won't spoil it yet, but you can look forward to that and hopefully it makes up for uh, whatever that was that just happened. Um, (laughs) Moving straight into our show today, um, we have uh, just three three quick news stories we wanted to talk about, and we're going to be talking all about our main segment today, about video games, streaming, and uh, all the different options you will have to stream video games in 2019, because it looks like this is finally the year it's going to be happening. Um, Anyways, jumping straight into our news, uh, first quick news story is uh, we had a little announcement of one of my all-time favorite um, arcade beat-em-up games uh, getting remastered uh, this year, and that would be Castle Crashers. Remastered is officially coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 um, later this year. Um, no date yet, but uh, they said they improved the frame rate from 30 frames per second to 60 frames per second. They said it makes a big difference, which I would believe them. And uh, all the bonus uh, content uh, and DLC they've done, plus a couple other fun goodies. And uh, they, they actually make use of the PS4 like light uh, bar on the controller, which no games really do anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we... We made the technology so whatever color knight you pick will be the color of your controller. So they're being kind That's of cool. It. But yeah, and you know, with, with the Switch having it, you know, on the go, being able to play that game with four players with just four single Joy-Con, you know, that I feel like that'd be the ideal way to play that game too. On the Switch screen, we're all huddled around. <laughs> well, the, I feel like the art like lends to it. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't played it nearly as much as you. Like have, it's so. you know, it's two D hand drawn art. The characters are kind of big and blocky and stuff. It's not something like. Diablo or something where you know it's an intense 3D area and you have lots of little tiny things. So I feel like it actually worked very well in the on the little Switch. No, screen. this is a perfect game for the for the Switch screen because yeah. it is it's a fun game to play and it is that like you said that art hand drawn kind of cartoony 2D type style that really works with this. Yeah. So it's, it's kind I think of almost like perfect. Snipper Clips. Like if you yeah. played Snipper Clips, okay. like okay. kind of big cool. characters yeah. like that. <clears throat> but um, if you haven't played it before, uh, I think it's one of the Probably, probably my all-time favorite, you know, kind of beat 'em up side-scrolling game. Um, this was one of the, I think, it, I think it was the first indie game I ever bought. Um, it came out on Xbox Live Arcade, I think, two thousand eight, and uh, you know, I picked it up. Uh, it was like fifteen dollars, and I'm like, no one pays fifteen dollars for an indie game. So I held off, and then I finally, like, I finally did it, and it's just hilarious hearing myself, you know, say those words now because I buy so many indie games, yeah, fifteen dollars yeah. and more now. But uh, yeah, I, I just remember I had so many friends over, and we just played the four-play co-op, and you know you're constantly leveling up your characters, finding weapons. It's hilarious, and it's just an awesome, awesome game. So uh, somehow you never played it before. Um, now's your time if you have Switch or PS4. I, I still have a backwards compatible on my Xbox One. Like I, I still just jump in and play. Is every now is and that then. why it's not coming to Xbox One? Yeah, it's already, it's already there. backwards yeah. compatible on there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think they even, I I don't know if it was this same remastered one, but I think they did do kind of a re-release even for Xbox One with some extra features, so. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, they did. Great game. Uh, excited for that. We'll let you know uh, if they when they announce a uh, release date for that. They haven't, they haven't that, released announced. They just said it's coming this year. this year, yeah. Okay. And, they, and they did say, you know, we're, they didn't rule out the possibility of doing a sequel. Some people, you know, they were teasing it, thought it was going to be Castle Crashers 2. Um, they just said, you know, they're, 
have to wait for the right time and you know make sure they have enough experience and they don't want to do it just more of the same so um yeah could happen but not anytime in the near future it sounds like uh, but our next news piece, uh, we're going to talk about Super Mario, uh, because Super Mario Day was uh, last week on March 10th. You get it? M- March 10th spells out Mario, right? Uh, that does not work if you live in the UK. <laughs> For all our UK <laughs> listeners out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Nintendo's kind of embraced this whole Mario Day thing over the last couple of years with social media and stuff, and so it's kind of, a, I think as a reminder to like go play like some of my favorite Mario games, because like. I'm a huge Mario fan, but I don't play Mario games every day. And whenever I do, I'm just like, why, why am I not playing these old Mario games every day? So that's how I spent Mario Day. I played um, all the original kind of NES games. So I played Mario 1, 2, and 3. Even, even a little Donkey Kong, you know, technically Mario's <laughs> kind of first appearance um, as Jumpman in Donkey Kong Arcade. There you go. Oh, and, the like the original Donkey Kong. Yeah. Like, not like you the gotta, Super Nintendo version. No, you got to defeat Donkey Kong yeah, climbing yeah, up yeah, the yeah, yeah. tower. Okay. Arcade. Yeah. Um, and then I did I did uh, beat a couple worlds in Super Mario World as well. So I kind of just went through all like the old 2D games, I guess. But nice. Um, yeah, did you guys celebrate it all? And you know, we can also maybe share some favorite Mario <laughs> memories in honor of uh, Mario Day. I did not celebrate it because I had, um, hate Mario now. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, it's a new position, and I just am against Mario. So I did not play play Mario at all. I haven't played Mario to forever. Me, it's not going to work. Are you sure? <laughs> All right, we're stopping the show. I'm gonna go force you to play Mario. Right now. I have it plugged in my TV. Uh, no, I I, uh, I saw it was Mario Day, but I kind of had a busy busy day that day working and stuff like that. So, and you do work on so Sundays. yes, I do work on Sunday. So I d- I did not play any Mario games, but um, I do want to uh, once again state my opinion that um, Super Mario Sunshine is better than Super Mario 64, and. Uh, Super Mario 64 is You're the really worst 3D Mario game of all time. And uh, you, sh- you should play other Mario games. The only reason people like it is because of the nostalgia. So what we basically just I did is either we pissed off all of our all fans or... <laughs> yes. The other option we might have done is we might have just boosted our numbers because now everyone thinks we have controversial opinions. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the clickbait. Spitting those hot takes. All right, let's just ignore what Nathan said and move on to, to Rob. Uh, Rob, what do you got for us? I did not celebrate Mario Day. I forgot it was Mario Day. I kind of, like, a few days later was, like, playing Zelda and was like, wasn't it Mario Day the other day? <laughs> hey, that so, is a much wrong, better choice. Wrong series. Wrong I series. play. I celebrated Mario Day by se- playing Zelda. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, so. I, I will say, like, I, I've been impressed by Nintendo, like, how much they... This is the most I've ever seen them talk about Mario Day. Like, mm-hmm. they yeah, made, like, true. all of the games featuring Mario on the Switch. If you bought a Switch, you'd get it for 50% off, yeah. which is, like, probably the best Mario price games. for best sale Nintendo's ever done on a Mario game. So um, good good on them for kind of leading into it. Yeah. And then they even had, I think, all the other Switch Mario games, like, 20% off uh, for anyone from the eShop. They marked them all down to 40 bucks and stuff, yeah. which was... Yeah. But pretty cool. I, I know a lot of people went for New Super Mario Bros. U at that price. They're like, I like it, but it's a port. $60 is a bit much, but $40, $40 you, know, you can little, stomach. A little yeah. more doable. Uh, still not for me yeah. since I already own you know everything in that game and have done everything. But Well, and with like Mario Maker 2 game. coming out in June, I'm yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> I'd rather just wait and, and get that since I've already have totally. you on the, on the Wii U. Yep. But uh, yeah. Mario's great. You heathen should go uh, spend some time with Mario the next two weeks and report back next week. 
Um, I think I'm going to be sending Nathan home with like my Super Nintendo Classic or something so he can play through Mario World. Oh, no. I need to send you with my 64 and force you to play Mario 64, 64. so you can... I have, says, like, I have this is a good karma moment. Mario 64. Just, you know, you go back to it. It's fine. It's fun. But compared to the other Mario games, it's I not mean, as good. You're right. It doesn't have the voice acting that Sunshine does. So it, it's definitely worse because of the voice acting. Right? Hey. Yeah, you know. I loved the fact that... Baby, Nobody loves that. That Bowser Jr. thought Peach was his mom. I was really drawn into that deep di- deep dialogue and character development. And you still are today. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the direction this show is taking. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to act like we're knowledgeable about uh, video games on this show, but it's okay. Nathan makes uh, things interesting, I guess. Exactly. Um, but no, I, I did want to share uh, a quick moment that I did do on Mario Day. Um, like you said, Nintendo kind of made a bigger day. They had like printable Mario Bingo. Uh-huh. And so I printed off Mario Bingo and I did it like with my students during lunchtime, which was super fun. And it was hilarious trying to hear them like understand well the different ones. Like some, so one of the was like, what's a Goomba? I'm like, okay, guys, come on. You got to know what a Goomba is. And then, you know, all the different Koopalings and side characters. And I found out I have one kid in my class who loves Waluigi. So I gave that kid a five, which was great. Um, but nice. yeah, I, I actually showed him all, uh, all the original kind of old Mario games uh, during lunchtime too. And just see, I gave them all a chance to, you know, play it for like a minute. And they just loved it. So it just shows you how accessible like Mario games are, even yeah. like back to yeah. the original, like, Anyone can enjoy those games even today. They're just still, still hold up all very, very well, and they're fun to go back to. I I, I did remember one thing. Um, I actually played a Mario game the day before Mario Day. Uh, that um, works. Yeah. I played Super Mario Party, and you know that game is great to go back to, especially with four people and friends. Nice. But I go. it makes me think like, why hasn't Nintendo <clears throat> released any DLC for Super Mario Party? Like, I thought they were gonna release new Not boards even, like, or little updates. Yeah, or exactly. They haven't done like anything at all with it, and it seems like the perfect game to get some DLC. Yeah, especially with some new boards or even just like one or two new mini games to get people to hop in. I, I haven't yeah. played a game in a while. Yeah. Um, and looking at Nintendo's track record with pretty much all of their new Switch games, they've done continual updates and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're working on something. I mean, Captain Toad got an update for Pete's sake. Like, if a port of a Wii U game that nobody bought got updates, you think Mario Party would? Seriously. But, well, well, we'll have to see. Yeah. So we're going to move into our last uh, big news story this week. I'm sure you have heard by now if you've uh, been on any uh, gaming websites in the last week. But uh, Microsoft has announced that Halo is going to be coming to PC, as in the Master Chief Collection. Um, they're going to be doing a update uh, later this year. Again, no date, but they said soon. And they'll be adding in Halo Reach to the collection, which is awesome. I love Halo Reach. One of my favorite Halo games. Um, they'll be adding Halo Reach, and then they will also just be launching everything in the Master Chief Collection on PC. And you know, Woo! It, yeah, no, the PC people are excited because. <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, uh, wrong, Rob. But Halo One was the only game to come to PC, correct? Yeah, and it basically Wasn't there a was Halo. A, t- I think there was a Halo Two. Nope. Um, was there not? There was. There was Halo One. It came out uh, shortly after the original launch of the the first game, and then there might have been like a multiplayer portion of Halo Two that released on the computer for a very, 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 very short time. But okay, I don't okay. remember Actually, that at all. I just looked it. it up. 
Halo 2 did come to uh, PC, but it was only playable on Windows Vista, which is why no one oh remembers. Oh, yeah, why. that's why no one remembers it. But this is, I mean, I'm super excited about this. I love the Halo games. I own them all, or almost all of them, on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And so playing through this on Steam will just be, I'm really excited. I will probably buy this again. Because, I mean, you get one, two, three, ODST, and Reach. I mean, and four. And four. And four. Five which is, is crazy. Five is the only one that's not in there. That's still just on the Xbox One. But I mean, at this point, like I you gotta think they're gonna be adding in as like a premium DLC just to have it all there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll see that happen because remember Master Chief Collection launched in two thousand fourteen and like it's still getting these huge updates and changes and like support from three four three and they've totally turned this game around, you know, that wasn't well received at launch because I had tons of issues with the online and you know bugs and different things and um, they added in ODST, I think, last year, um, but ODST's campaign um, was kind of like a premium DLC, so I think it was like five bucks to unlock it, and then it'll be the same with Halo Reach, where I think it's it'll be a couple bucks to unlock Halo Reach in the Master Chief Collection. Um, however, they have said that's just for single player. The okay. multiplayer for Reach will be added in for free for everyone. So, yeah, Wait, so cool. the Reach will be available on Xbox as well? Yeah, yeah. Just it's just update for the weeks. game, and then okay. um, I think they said they're going to release Master Chief Collection kind of in tiers on uh, PC. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they said Halo Reach will be the first one coming out on PC, and they'll be doing like a beta soon on that. Um, and then you know they'll kind of probably just go down the list of you know four, three, two, one. I would assume, but um, yeah, I know it's it's great to see. It's good. That 343 said they're going to really take their time and they're going to take a lot of feedback, you know, from their their insider program that they're going to be doing to so making sure, you know, it's not just a lazy port. You know, it's really going to feel like a good PC game and make sense and it is balanced for PC and stuff too. So, um, yeah, I think, think it's cool to see. And uh, the big big kind of shock here is that uh, it's going to be on Steam as well, not not just the Microsoft Store. Oh, really? Not the Epic oh, Store, wow. but on yep. Steam. That's that's impressive. So Microsoft this is sells this is kind of a only on their store. Sorry, yeah. Rob, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I was cutting you off there. Uh, this is kind of a clap back at Epic Store here. I mean, didn't they like say they're only doing like exclusives or something like that? Yeah. And so Microsoft's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love this that this is coming to Steam because Steam is kind of still, despite Epic Games, you know, trying, it's still the big dog on top. Yeah. Yeah, and so coming to Steam is a huge move, and I think it'll be really it gets the these games into the hands of a lot of fans really quickly. Yeah, and you so. know, I think it's good on Microsoft too because they totally could have just restricted this to their Microsoft Store, right? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they wanted more as many people to play as possible, and I think Steam is the platform that allows that. And um, it is quickly important to note too that it won't be a part of the Xbox uh, Games Anywhere program. Um, which you know they've kind of had going the last couple of years, where if you buy a first-party Xbox game, you know the Microsoft Store, you can play it on PC or on you know uh, your Xbox. Vice versa. Um, yeah. But you know if you own Master Chief Collection on Xbox One, you don't get the PC version for free as well because you know there is so much work being done to it, and it's going to be so different. On, I think on PC, and you know it came out 2014 before that program existed, so um, it yep. will, will be a separate. Um, purchase on there. Um, I, I am inter- interested to see what the price point is. If they, you know, price, um, you know, the whole collection for, I think it's like twenty bucks now on Xbox One, around twenty dollars. Or if they go more of a full price. Yeah. Um, yeah. But regardless, I think it will sell very well. People are people are very excited to have Halo on a PC. But 
Do you think this will get you to play uh, the through the Halo games again, Rob? Or are you oh, like, oh man, I'm I'm really excited. <laughs> no, I, I I any chance that I have to go back through and play some of the Halo games, I I'm down. So yeah, that's a good. Point. Being able to do it on PC where I have it with me most of the time because I carry I bring my laptop with me a lot of places. Yeah, is just perfect. Well, the, the nice <clears> thing is too uh, that. One of the updates they did last year for the collection is they added the ability to select install certain parts of certain games. And so you don't have to download the entire package of, you know, all four games. You can choose, okay, I want to download Halo 2 single player campaign, Halo 3 multiplayer, um, Halo 4 multiplayer, yeah. and the Halo 1 campaign. That, that's really nice. Because I, I imagine that download size, that size nice. download size must be huge. Yeah, exactly. If, you, if it included everything together. Yeah, so it's really nice that you get the option to choose and it shows you yeah. how big each one is. And like for me, I'm like, I hated the Halo 4 multiplayer campaign. I didn't, you know, I didn't get Master Chief Collection for that. So I just don't have that downloaded. But if I wanted to, I, you know, I could install it. So yeah. um, it is I mean, it is nice. It's all in that one collection, that one screen. They do a great job of, of putting it all there in that same menu UI. And you can switch in and out of the different matchmakings very easily. So. Cool. And this also might get me back into multiplayer because I mean I'll be honest I loved Halo multiplayer <laughs> Wait, back in the are day. You, will get destroyed you, by PC. Are you gonna play mouse, on PC with like a controller and against keyboard and mouse players? Because I would like pay to watch that happen. <laughs> I feel like my ego could not take that type of verbal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you gotta. You have Xbox Live Gold right now. We just got to go and jump into some Halo Reach. Like, I jumped into that a couple months ago online. Just, like, there's still, like, I think a 1,000 people online in that game who play it. And oh, yeah. I, like, got, like, first place in the match. And I just was like, oh, it still feels great. And apparently the people still playing are just people who love the game. They're not necessarily, like, gods or anything. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that would probably be a better place to start than to bring over the, all the PC audience who's too good with mouse and keyboard. But... Anyways, um, we're going to move into our second segment, which is all about video game streaming. Um, we're going to be talking about Google's new streaming platform uh, for a lot of this segment. But before we do, uh, we do want to give a quick update on um, two other ways you can be streaming right now. Uh, one of them is through Steam. So Rob, as our Steam expert, uh, tell us a little bit more about what uh, Steam has uh, done. So uh, Steam kind of discontinued their Steam Link hardware. So they had a hardware device, you would buy it, it was really cheap. You bought it, you put it into your home, and you could use it to stream from your gaming computer to your TV, which was okay. But now what they've added into that is you can now do it from uh, the Steam Link uh, hardware, you can do it from a Raspberry Pi with Steam app oh. added onto it, and you can also do it from your Android device. Like so, your phone or a... Yeah, from your phone. Wow. So they're slowly working up to more of a cloud base. But the thing is with Steam versus a lot of the other cloud ones that we'll talk about. Yeah. Is it's based off of your personal gaming computer. So it's like streaming and using your like personal computer's GPU. So you still yeah, have yeah. to have the, the hardware powerful enough. You still have to have the hardware powerful enough on your computer, but the advantages with the Steam app, uh, they're still working out some kinks and stuff, um, so it's not perfect, but you should be able to stream onto your phone from wherever you are. Okay, cool. As long as your gaming computer at home is hooked up into <laughs> hooked internet up and everything and turned on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, 
Microsoft has also kind of officially kind of uh, revealed their plans for their streaming service uh, this week as well. And uh, as you guys know, it is called the xCloud, and they have announced that it will be coming out this year. In it, public beta form. Yes, in public beta. Yeah. So everyone will get a chance to basically uh, uh, play it, is, is what they were saying. And um, they showed it kind of being used for first time, like in public as well, on the, one of their streams. They had a, a Microsoft person playing Forza Horizon 4, best Xbox game. Uh, on just a little Android device that was, you know, clipped onto an Xbox controller she was holding. And, I mean, you know, obviously, you, you don't know how realistic it is, but it, they did show the game completely running it for, like, a good five minutes of footage, and it looked really, really nice. Was that actually an Xbox person or a Microsoft person? Yeah. I, th I thought that lady was a news reporter. No, it was, it was on, a, it was on like, a Microsoft uh, Insider okay. stream. Okay. On that they did with their fans. So... Yeah, they showed it running. It looked really, really crisp, really clean, and you know the technology is here. It's coming for everyone to use, and I'm really excited about XCloud just because you know of the games library that is available through XCloud. Because they're saying, yeah. hey, you'll be able to access Game Pass through this. You'll be able to, you know, access any game that you own on the Microsoft Store, right? So even if I don't have, like, I don't have Halo Five installed right now, but I could play it instantly on XCloud on my phone while I'm down visiting family in another state, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, th I think it looks really cool. It looks really promising. And obviously we've kind of known about xCloud a little bit, but um, we now have a newcomer in the game streaming uh, device uh, kind of war that's been going on. And the name of Google's new uh, platform is Google Stadia. Um, Rob's snickering at the name. I also think it's a very interesting name. I don't understand. Uh, the, the, the video they put together to kind of explain the name Stadia, I thought was very well done. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Google, right? It's, yeah. gonna... It was well done, and Google kind of does its own little thing. It's just kind of like, in the world of video game naming, these companies need to, like, go talk to someone who is like a perfect like a baby namer or someone someone who could just be like no that's a, that's not a good name for your new video game yeah, streaming what app. happens when we get a new company and name video games like we get things like ouya and stadia and stuff like that like microsoft comes up here and says i have a great idea cloud because it's all in the cloud and let's just put an x in front of it because yes, that's kind of what we do <laughs> uh, but anyways back to Google Stadia. Uh, this platform was announced literally uh j just uh just this week uh earlier this morning and um here's just some kind of quick facts uh for you guys and then we can kind of break down what what uh, we're excited about and concerns and questions we have about it but um, it is also coming later this year, and they're saying it'll be like a full launch, like not a beta. It's not like a beta, yeah. Is. yeah. Um, full launch is later this year. Um, you will be able to play games within seconds. So it said, you know, the the exciting thing about this is, you know, you don't have to watch your games install anymore. You don't have to download your games. Um, you can just be watching YouTube, a video about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like a and a little pop-up will pop up saying, hey, click here to play now. You click there, boom, you're playing the game literally right then and there. You don't have to do anything else. So um, the, kind of the, the inst instant uh, satisfaction, I think, of playing the games right away, I think is a really big selling point that they're really leaning into. And well, and they're also, they're also adding something into that as well with the kind of a share play type aspect where if you're watching someone else play, they can give a share type play link 
and you can pick up playing that game that they're playing right where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, you can give a link that basically makes like save states of like <coughs> where you're at and that kind of suspends your game. Um, they said developers could even do that as well. So like if you're, let's say it's enabled in a game and you're watching a streamer play a game like Celeste, right? And they're in the fourth world, they can drop a link and say, hey, I'm in the fourth world on this part of the level. You click that link, you instantly start playing the game from that exact same spot the streamer was at. You can like play along with people. Um, yeah, which which is kind of cool. You know, I've never really seen a technology or a game really do something like that before. And they yeah. even said, you know, hey, if you're watching a streamer and they're playing something like 2K, um, they could say, hey, you know, I'm I'm doing viewer match matches. So instead of having to you know go into your own thing, Adam as a friend, and you know go go invite, through the hassle and, of trying to, to yeah, yeah do all that, you can literally just push a button and oh you're now in the queue to join. Uh, you know, there's one person ahead of you. Once they're done, you instantly start playing the game with the streamer live. So. I think that kind of technology is really cool. I, I don't know how much it'll be used and utilized, but... There, there is one of the game studios that's developing for the Stadia did say that in their game, the save state kind of, you know, share play will be an aspect in their game. Yeah. So there yeah. is even possibility this is going to come to other games, so... Yeah, no, I, I, hope, I hope most of the games that come to it support that. Um, but the part that has me a little skeptical is they, they came out and they showed a uh, Doom Eternal, which you know is the, the new Doom game Bethesda's uh, working on. And uh, they said, you know, Doom Eternal is going to be coming and will be on the Stadia. And it, you will be able to play on Stadia in 4K with HDR at 60 frames per second. And, you know, the, the Doom game already looked amazing. Like the, the last one, the sequel, I'm sure is going to look even more beautiful. Um, and be able to play this in 4K with HDR and 60 frames per second. I'm just like, no other streaming services claiming to do this. Even not even Microsoft, right? They're like, hey, you want that experience? Buy the Xbox One X. Yeah. X Cloud is, you know, uh, not going to look as nice as that. But they're saying that is possible. <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm going to have to like actually pull it up and be playing that to like well, believe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they talked about the kind of the power available to them um, based on kind of comparisons to other consoles. So they talked about how. It's about double the power of the Xbox One X, or maybe a little less, and mm. more than double the power of the PS4 Pro currently. So yeah. all those teraflops. Yeah, all of those teraflops. Um, I don't remember the well, exact numbers. And the I, I don't think it's the numbers were like the Google Stadia has like 10.7, while Xbox One had like six something, and yeah. PS4 had like five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So, so like, even though you're streaming, the computing device that is you know working on it is giving you a lot more processing power. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. The only issue really is how fast is your connection speed and yeah. internet speed and yeah. all of that yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Like I can stream like 4k videos, like totally fine for the most part, like on Netflix and my movies and stuff like that. But like is streaming a 4k video game going to be a big difference? Like, I well, don't, I don't yeah. Really and well, and the fact that like, you know, video games deal with input. Yeah. And the fact that, like, That's if you're true. watching a Netflix show and, like, all of a sudden your internet cuts out, cuts out for a second and it, like, goes down to, like, low quality for, like, five seconds, you're like, oh, it's fine. But if you're playing a video game and you're on this really hard boss, boss fight, fight and all of a sudden, eternal. like, something cuts out yeah. and then you die and you get very frustrated because you're really – um, that is a much yeah. bigger issue. Yeah. That's a good point. I, from experience, because I did the the project stream, Google's basically early beta access to this or, yeah. Yeah. you know, test – test streaming <clears throat> and it was streaming at really high rates but the problem was yeah i did have to have my computer hardwired into a 
direct Ethernet cable, as well as I did still get drops in latency, and sometimes I got kicked off because my internet would just, you know, get too much traffic, or there would be mm -hmm. something else going on, or it would just, like, kind of lose it, and, you know, sometimes frame rate dropped down to fuzzy. And you, you said you had to basically, while you were streaming it, um, like, your wife couldn't be, like, on the internet at the same time watching Netflix or something like that? Like No, I mean, she couldn't even do simple stuff like Instagram or something like that on her phone because it was downloading the pictures onto Instagram did slow yeah. the internet down for the whole uh, streaming thing. And yeah. it takes a lot of internet process. So I'm wondering how many of those bugs they actually worked out in yeah. this process and whether or not they got enough feedback to say, okay, mm -hmm. so we kind of nailed down exactly how we can do this without having those problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you had to be hardwired in too, like how many computers, especially if you have a laptop, like even have a hardwire ethernet port in them anymore. Yeah. It's be, I mean, most of them are starting your phone or whatever. Like, and, that, and that takes away from the available. convenience of, you know, playing anywhere because exactly. they're saying you can play yeah. any device whether it's a tablet a phone anything like that but um they, they did also announce that they are having their own uh game and entertainment uh development studio which is being just been recently formed and it's going to be developing exclusive games for the platform so we are going to have first party google games <laughs> all right uh but it's headed up by jade raymond uh who formerly worked uh at ubisoft and helped create assassin's creed and Watch Dogs. Um, so kind, kind of a big name is heading up this studio, but um, I, we don't know anything about the games. I, I would imagine they're still pretty far away. If they had yeah, I think they announce. just, um, I did see recent, a couple weeks ago, and this might be because of the Stadia news, but a couple weeks ago it came out that Jade Roman was now working at Google. But, you know, she just left, um, what was she working at before, EA? I think it was EA. I think EA, like, and that was only like three or four months ago or something like that. So yeah. whatever they're doing is kind of still in the process of, hey, we're still like throwing ideas at the dartboard and staffing up, et cetera, et cetera. So whatever they're making is going to be probably quite a ways yeah. away. And you one, know, one, of the, one of the other things with this is, you know, they're making this game that may or may not actually be like designed for the launch window with this. They're probably going to get some of the, like they already had the Assassin's Creed game out there um, running on it. They'll probably mm -hmm. try and get Doom pretty close to the start. And there's a couple of other studios that are involved in this. Uh, Epic Store is actually or Epic in general is is involved with this, particularly with their Unity and Unreal and um, those kind of types of engines. So there are some other groups that are kind of already on the front line of this. So I, I can, I would imagine that their exclusive studio game will probably be a little bit later just because yeah. they're like, well, we can put out other content and not have to worry just yet. Yeah. And it was good. Cause it, they showed that, um, basically all <coughs> of the major, you know, engines and stuff like that, like you said, Rob unity and unreal engine Four. Um, and all of those things are all supported by this. So, you know, if you're if you're an indie developer and you made your game on one of those engines, then hopefully it's pretty easy to, to get onto Stadia. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see, you know, how easy it is, yeah, to kind of port and put things out on the Stadia. I'd, I'd imagine, you know, an indie developer going on this platform early on when there's not a lot out there, getting a lot of exposure could be huge because, you know, how many people have Google accounts and YouTube accounts, right? Like. Potentially, that, yeah. that, that's what Google is saying. You know, hey, we already have you know, millions of billions of people with Google accounts and connected. And, you know, with Google Stadia, we're tapping into all that, that uh, user base there. Like, everyone has a Gmail, right? And so this could be really big, potentially, because of those connections. Um, but I think really like, the coolest thing is kind of that part where, you know, this isn't a box. 
you know, they're very clear, you know, the future of gaming is in a box, you know, it's a platform, it's online, and this potentially can bring gaming to a lot of people who don't maybe have the money to buy a console or aren't, you know, maybe haven't been gaming in a while and, you know, feel too overwhelmed of going and buying a console at the store, you know, just, you know, hey, you know, I can check out this game with my Google account and yeah. um, just instantly kind of stream it um, with, you know, any controller. You don't have to use their their special one, which doesn't look very good. But uh, I, th I think that is really cool that it could bring a lot of, you know, good games to, yeah. to people who wouldn't normally play them. Well, and I, I think your kind of question about what's going to be on there and if indie the developers are going to be interested, I think a big question that needs to be answered is what is the pricing model? Is it yeah, only exactly. subscription or are you going to be able to buy, like, hey, I want to buy, for example, um, what was the game? Sorry. Celeste. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, what, $10? And are you going to be able to pay ten dollars and be able to stream that game anywhere? Or are you going to have to subscribe to Google's fifteen dollar a month service or whatever? Yeah, I mean that's that's the question that I have also because is this going to be a monthly and annual fee, or are they just going to build this into the price of the game? So you buy the game, like you said, like ten bucks, but instead of ten dollars, it's like twelve dollars. So two dollars goes to Google, and the rest goes to the developer. And that's how they support the platform or i mean what what exactly is this like a one-time payment is this uh what exactly is this getting us into yeah. i mean i feel like they're going to do the xbox game pass model where you know you pay a monthly subscription you know 10 15 bucks and you just have access to yeah. anything and depending on what people are playing I, I guess that's how they figure out how they pay their the developers and the publishers of those games mm -hmm. yeah. um i i think it'd be really cool because you know what they showed was you know, hey, you know, you're watching a YouTube video of a game and, you know, during the video you can just click play and you can start playing that game right away on your screen. Um, if it had that feature, then you could do it with any game and then maybe, you know, each game publisher set kind of like a little countdown of like, hey, you know, you can try the game as long as you want and then if you want to continue it, you know, you have to be a, a certain tier of membership, like a gold member or you have yeah. to, or you can outright buy the game or whatever give you an option after that. But, mm -hmm. um yeah, they, the they're definitely not. They're intentionally not answering any anything uh, about yeah. pricing yet because I think they're definitely still figuring it out. But. Yeah, there was a statement, an article I read earlier about it that said this is supposed to be the Netflix of gaming, or mm -hmm. as close as we can get to that. And so that I mean that you know we know how Netflix payment models works. That you know it's a monthly payment and you get so much content that comes and goes in waves and that sort of thing. So I wonder you know what what type of you know, if they do something like that, where you just pay a monthly fee and they have, you know, 400 games available with a constantly rotating uh, library, mm -hmm. kind of balancing out between like nostalgia and some newer games and some, you know, kind of the fan favorites like Fortnite or something like that, you know, kind of just balancing out along that lines, you know, that would be kind of cool to see. Yeah. I, I also was just now thinking too, they, they obviously don't have like the games yet. Obviously, they had Doom Eternal and Assassin's Creed, but they didn't really show any other games other than those. And that's probably why they haven't announced the pricing yet. Now I think about it, because you know if they don't have their whole game lineup and they don't know, you know, are we having twenty games on the service? Is it a hundred? Is it three hundred? Yeah. Like if they just yeah. put the price out without any, you know, we we have nothing to judge that value by if there's no games out, and it would be. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. Subject is to a we, lot of yeah, cuts People online. would be like, uh, well, why would I pay for that if the only game I can play is Doom Eternal? And, you know, there'd be, like, terrible reaction videos and they'd be sunk before they even get started. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I think, think we'll see those come right. hand in hand. Yeah. As, as the game library kind of develops and what we'll see there. 
but now and they have some big studios on board already like ubisoft already put out assassin's creed odyssey yeah, yeah, and U- Ubisoft has been uh, Ubisoft. Um, will kind of come up later, but Ubisoft. It's been interesting. The head of Ubisoft, uh, Eves, I forget what his last name is, but um, has been talking about how he thinks there's. Old, he's been saying this for a while. There's going to be one more generation of hardware, um, specific video game consoles, and then after that, everything is going to be streaming only. And they're obviously very on board with that <laughs> yeah, and want to be in. Um, you know, kind of. Some of the first people ready to go. The funny thing is, is Microsoft of all people is on like the other side of that fence. Like their their head VP of the cloud um, was quoted saying, "Hey, you know, we love X Cloud. We think it's going to be great. You're going to be able to play games anywhere. But this isn't like, oh, we have to make the Xbox or we're doing the cloud. Like this is a very much in. Like we're going to continue yeah. to have hardware and you can play that. That's going to be you know your more premium yeah. experience when you're in your living room." But XCloud will be great, you know, if you're waiting for a train to arrive or maybe you yeah. just wanted to play a couple more missions on your game or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, and I mean, I think to some degree that makes sense because, you know, think about Ubisoft. They're not a hardware development yeah, um, exactly. thing. They can, they're just a game <laughs> publisher and they can kind of speak more freely than sure. uh, f- than maybe the VP of Microsoft who might freak out like half the Xbox fans. If he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They already know what that's like. But we do know Sony and Microsoft uh, are working, you know, on the next generation of uh, consoles, and those will be, you know, potentially coming out next year. That's what it's looking like. But um, how do you guys think this is going to kind of impact, you know, Xbox's new Scarlet uh, codename, you know, Xbox and uh, PS5? Like, is this going to – do you think those consoles are going to have to launch with more streaming options? Do you think they're going to kind of continue Game Pass and PlayStation Now services that they already have? I think they're going to have to. I mean, if they're going to get anywhere in this market with putting out a console that is designed for hardware um, versus the cloud, they're going to have to put some kind of streaming device, some type of streaming software, you know, even kicking up what Xbox Pass and um, uh, PS Now are currently, making them even bigger and better. Because, I mean, like we just said, Google Stadia is going to come out this year supposedly yeah. x cloud is coming out starting beta this year mm-hmm. steam's kicking up plans for their streaming engine this year so we're not looking at like okay once we launch these platforms then we'll slowly integrate them into the streaming world no the streaming world is happening now and then we're going to launch some pro- some platforms and so it's kind of how how are you going to balance that is going to be a huge question. Will that actually impact when these systems come out? Yeah, and I think I think it's more a question for Sony <laughs> than Microsoft because like we've talked about, they already have the X Cloud system. And so yeah. um, the rumors with Scarlet, it's interesting, is that there it's a rumor that there is gonna be two different Xboxes again, a more powerful, more expensive version, and then maybe a less powerful, um, similar like the Xbox One S and Xbox One X pricing model. Where, they're both yeah. able to play all the same games. One is the really premium experience. The other one is a little bit more basic. Um, but they already have the X Cloud um, versus really, Sony they don't has. Really need a streaming console. Yeah, exactly. They don't yeah. need a streaming console um, versus Sony has PlayStation Now, which I mean they did just add PS4 games. I think it was late last year or selection something like still that. Not good though. But the selection <laughs> still isn't great. The service is still overpriced, and I still don't know yeah. a lot of people who yeah, have now, played it beyond like a free trial if, week or if, something yeah. like that. If they continue the PlayStation Now service onto the PS5, they need like a serious revamp where they are drastically increasing the number of games, like adding 
you know, a ton of great PS4 games on there, like having that as backwards compatible would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, As well as PS5, like current games that are coming out on there. Um, And then, yeah, $20 a month is ridiculous. Like that's, that's not a a price point that most gamers are going to be willing to pay. Well, and the thing, and the thing for like PS5 is um, there's a lot of Sony exclusive studios currently. I mean, we just saw a bunch this year. We see, we know some more coming out again, you know, in the last year, like with uh, God of War and Spider-Man and Detroit becoming human and with um, The Last of Us, you know, all of Naughty Dog stuff that they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of studios that are PlayStation exclusive. And so they'll still have that big fan base of, hey, we still have those games there. But I think if they could do something, like you said, backwards compatibility and maybe even do something a little bit of a bigger stretch, like push it so that we get PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and PSP. I mean, you can I mean, play like PS1 games and stuff and PS2 games through buying them through the store on PS4. But yeah, but give us a streaming service where we can play those. I mean, that would really just give you a. I mean, I would buy a PlayStation 5 if I had the ability to stream, you know, pay a monthly subscription to stream some of the games from the past. You can't like you can do that with PlayStation right now, Rob. Like yeah. there's like Uncharted 3 and, and some of the older um, PS1 That's actually games how I Yeah, there's a like couple. There's a Uncharted couple. Too. So I. Th- I think if that's what you're going for, I think that model will not work because that just goes further into what Sony has already been doing in the future. Um, and the biggest thing, like you said, Jeff, is just it's already overpriced, yeah. especially you, compared to something like Xbox Game Pass, half where price, ten do- yeah. half the price and <laughs> or the selection me, is you much get it better for like eight months for like four dollars. Yeah. like they put such good deals out there, and they could go the Microsoft route though and start putting first party games on this on the service, which would get you know everyone to start buying into that subscription model. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, Microsoft kind of had to do that because their exclusives weren't, you know, bringing people on board. Uh, Sony, I don't think, needs to do that because their exclusives usually sell very well already. Yeah, I, I think another important thing to <clears throat> to note is the fact that you know, obviously, Google is Google, and yeah. Microsoft is doing this whole XCloud thing because they are Microsoft. And, you know, the Xbox brand is like a small division and part of Microsoft of the Microsoft you know company yeah. as a whole, versus yeah. Sony like now kind of besides tvs like playstation is kind of their biggest money maker and mm-hmm. their thing and they don't have the infrastructure to be able to you know set up streaming um giant computers and streaming and it's not as easy for them they don't to have giant be able data to, centers yeah exactly the world, like to, microsoft to be, and google exactly so it's it's much <laughs> harder true. for them to do um something like this yeah it would be interesting to see if they could start teaming up with another one of the streaming services obviously not microsoft and google probably that would be kind of selling your soul to the the devil right <laughs> but yeah, just... nvidia also has a streaming service they have their geforce one that they, allows you to stream games and systems that you already have on your computer so i wonder if sony could start like maybe tag team on one of those type of services way the, yeah. the lesser known and that seems like the, the way they would have to go Sony Nintendo teaming up for the PlayStation Switch 5. Stream all of your favorite Nintendo and PlayStation games in one's oh place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. On the go. We can <laughs> Take all that, Microsoft and Google. Dude, if Sony and Nintendo teamed up, yeah. I think that would be the end of the world. It would be fantastic. <laughs> you, I mean, do you guys think, obviously, but do you think, kind of the last question I have is, do you think like this will impact the sales of future you know xbox scarlet and ps5 at all like will there be a significant amount of people who 
maybe live in major cities, probably not with, yeah. um, I, but who like kind of start playing through uh, Stadia and say, hey, I, I don't need to buy a new um, console. I'm, I'm good playing and streaming through this. I think it'll be a small margin. I don't think it'll make a, a, big, a, dent a big dent in, in the mm-hmm. console sales, especially when you look at, you know, the first year sales, like pretty much every console sells really good in its first year, right? Because you have all the devoted fans of the brand and stuff. Yeah. Um, I do think it, it could could take make a dip in Nintendo Switch sales a little bit. Um, obviously, Switch has different uh, different uh, software. They have you know all their Nintendo exclusive uh, IPs and stuff. But you know that's one of the main selling points of the Switch, right? Is you can Just take it anywhere, anywhere and play mm-hmm. it at those places. Mm-hmm. And if Stadia is saying, "Hey, I can play games that aren't on Switch, like that are more powerful, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and stuff, and play those anywhere on any device. I don't need to buy a $300 machine that comes with no games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see, you know, maybe this causing Nintendo to maybe start bundling the price of the Switch, changing the price <laughs> a little bit, or adding, you know, get more games in or something. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go the opposite on that opinion. I think with Stadia and XCloud and some of these other streaming services, I think the big thing for Stadia is... Uh, nail down some of these details like pricing obviously is a huge one what games are going to be on there that's big and how are we going to get these games and you know what you know what determines what comes where as well as um, making this easy to access on any internet or internets that may or may not be as fast and high speed as you can get everywhere if you can make those things accessible I think you know even in my world I almost didn't buy Assassin's Creed Odyssey on PS4. And the only reason I bought it on PS4 is because I thought the streaming service was going to go away and all my progress would go away. So mm-hmm. I bought the game, but then they actually gave it to me. So now it's kind of like, oh, well, I've already put in more time on the PS4, so I'll just keep playing on PS4. But if I had the choice to go back and do it, I would just do the Google streaming one. Yeah, I would honestly say... I don't need to have this whole hardware, software, you know, PlayStation if I could do it better and faster and easier access on a computer. So I would say that I think this is going to affect sales in a big way. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with with Jeff that I I think it will, like, obviously this is Google's first thing, and I think going forward, like, I'm sure Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo are all, you know, like, watching very closely this morning to see what was happening with Google and they're making their plans as to how they're going to, you know, have basically a new rival entering the gaming space, which hasn't happened for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think initially, like, people, everyone's always kind of scared of new technology and streaming, and I, I think that initially um, people will still go out and buy those consoles and it won't be a huge impact. But, you know, the impact will be going forward. Um and obviously, one day we'll get to that place where there are no consoles anymore, and we're just streaming no. everything. Yeah. And uh, limited run games will be ma- making consoles and uh, <laughs> games. We'll be making like uh, third party like Nintendo like Switches and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all gone. No, the, well, the funniest part I saw from the press conference, I watched a few minutes of it. Uh-huh. I tuned in when they were talking about like co-op and how powerful it was, and they're like, "We're going to be bringing co-op couch co-op back." I'm like. Does no one at Google own a Switch? <laughs> like, yeah. I, all my Switch games, practically, I play on the couch co-op. Uh, which is a great segue into what we're playing, because <laughs> I've been playing tons of couch co-op on uh, Diablo 3 on Nintendo Switch. Um, and I just have to say, the more I play Diablo 3, the more I want to keep playing it. And I know this is a game that's been out for forever, but it just totally has gotten a second life for me on the Switch. And uh, my wife and I beat it... Um, 
uh, with our new characters that we started for this season. So this is like the second time we've beaten it. <laughs> and just just on the Switch version. Um, it's just, you know, that much fun to just get in and, and play and just, you know, grind it out and get loot and new powers. And um, this is the first time getting into the season, uh, seasonal uh, thing that they've done in the game. I think it's the 17th season, but... How long are seasons? How long do they last? Do you know? I think usually, usually about like, three or four months, something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Uh, so oh, okay, yeah. But each season basically has its own unique rewards. And so the idea is you start a new seasonal character, you're kind of leaving behind all your you know, cumulative process or progress that you've made on your other characters and you're kind of starting fresh which can be fun to do um, and then you're basically t marking off challenges as you go along and there's I think eight different tiers of challenges and each tier has about 11 or 12 challenges within it and so it just kind of is this natural progression that someone who's played a lot like me I can just go oh, okay you know I'm gonna do this and this and this today oh I'm gonna do this challenge today and go beat this boss and kind of gives you the freedom to kind of play the game um, and learn more about kind of the end game because the further you get, yeah. the more intense the challenges are and it starts to teach you about, oh, here's how you extract legendary powers and equip them on Kanai's cube, which you would have told me that two years ago. I'd have no idea what you're talking about, but you know, <laughs> it, it kind of is this natural way of kind of teaching you um, how to play the game at the, the deeper levels as well. But it's just such a good game. If you've never played Diablo 3, um, I just totally recommend it, especially on the Switch because... Just being able to, to just play and grind it out while you're, you know, got Netflix on or, you know, you're in bed or, you know, you're on lunch break at work or something. It just is an awesome game to just be playing and looting as you're going. So I know nice. I, I know you've only played a little bit before, Nathan, but yeah. I want to get you, like, started on a character and, like, sit us down on the couch for, like, an hour and see if, if it gets you. If so. it hooks me. See, the problem I've always had with Diablo is the fact that, like, it's not a the gameplay isn't the king it's the you know loot grind because basically you're just walking around and kind of a basic basic attacking I, see i haven't gone deep enough to know all the different combinations of things that you can do to, to feel yeah. really powerful and i've just always been like oh i'm basically doing basic attacks like i'm shooting my magic or i'm doing my it's insane special how attack deep, and, and how all deep that the stuff. well is on the end game. and it it, <laughs> it just has never that part yeah. And the gameplay has never felt fun enough to me for me to get invested to be like, yes, I want to, you know, grind it out for yeah. 10, 15 hours, whatever. Which is why I'm loving it so much right now, because I was kind of saying, like, I'm like, I liked it, but, you know, it wasn't super good. But, like, now that I've started to kind of understand how all this kind of end game stuff has worked and the challenge that's there and getting the different, like, loot and stuff, I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Like, I love it. So, um, anyway, I know that I know that um, the original Diablo just released on GOG. Oh, nice. Or came back to GOG. So I was actually I was actually sitting there going, huh, original Diablo. So I'm I'm feeling the Diablo game. <laughs> I, I hope when Diablo Four comes out, it comes out on Switch because like my social life would just cease to exist and it would be <laughs> really fun and really terrible at the same time. Uh, but uh, Destiny Two, I did want to give a quick update on the new uh, content that they've been doing there. Um, yeah. I just want to basically just say that. I want to give Bungie a shout out for uh, really listening to the feedback in the last season, um, the first season of their season pass. Um, I wasn't super hot on it. I don't know how much I talked about on the show, but there was a lot of kind of different things that I just wasn't a fan of, of how they deliver the content. And in this season already, they've made pretty much all my complaints go away. Uh, they made all the content pretty much accessible right away on the first week. Uh, they didn't make you do overly grindy uh, quest where you had to go around to 50 different planets, do stupid things. 
they let you get straight to what you like to do and play the two new modes. And then they added in uh, Zer bounties, uh, which Nathan, you know Zer, right? He's yeah. like the mysterious vendor who's been around Destiny since the game D1, first came yeah. out, right? And you go and you get a special bounty from him, and it's pretty easy. It takes about 30 minutes to do. You do like a strike. And then when you finish it, you go to the Drifter's ship, and it shows like this whole cutscene that has like really cool, like a really cool backstory behind it. And it's like you basically get like 10 minutes of dialogue and like a, a two or three minute cutscene, which is super cool. And they're going to be doing this every week for the next 10 weeks. A new thing? Yeah, like a new oh, cutscene wow. and a that's new impressive. new thing in this new Sir awesome. Bounty. Yeah, which is like more storytelling I mean, that's directly in the game. Like there was no cutscenes in the last season. Yeah. So just to see them really kind of take a lot of that feedback that they got and just instantly implement it already, um, I think is just really awesome. And just a yeah. shout out to Bungie for that. Yeah, it's pretty I, impressive that they're willing to commit to that and do that. Yeah, and like the storytelling has gotten so much better too. Just from like when D two launched up until like the first year wasn't that great, but seeing some of the storytelling they're doing now, just having like guardians who like are embracing the darkness and I have killed other guardians and are doing very naughty things, and they put an allegiance quest in, which is pretty much just a lore quest where you can choose to side with this shady drifter character or you can stand with the vanguard and be a good guy and i i I stood with the good guys and they made me go bug his room and i found out all these like secret recordings of things he's said that's been really bad and he calls me a snitch now anytime i talk to him and just really cool stuff that destiny's never really leaned into before so it's cool to see that yeah that's awesome but uh what about you guys what have you been playing um, I did want to so <laughs> I did want to shout out one game. Um, I did beat the first dungeon in Moonlighter, which I've been playing. Oh, nice! Um, you finally got it recently. Yeah, so I beat the first dungeon um, and have moved on to the second one, which there is a lot more different kinds of loot and stuff in there, and it is much tougher. And I'm like, crap! I need to level up my guy. <laughs> and you know, there's five of these dungeons. I'm only on the second one, so a lot, a lot of work to do. Still, st- huh? still a lot of work to do. Um, but I did want to shout out that. And then I also wanted to say that I forgot about how awesome ps4 share play is because uh rob and i actually last week we played um we played some nba 2k and then uh nba live um as well um just using share play because i own 2k rob owns live (laughs) neither of us owns the other and we can just play um over the internet why why would you both need to buy the game yeah i i just really appreciate that feature and haven't used it in quite a long time just wanted to shout out how great it is and it was cool because we got to do literally a side-by-side comparison of the two games. <laughs> that yeah. is really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it I think was, it was I did nice. the same thing last time I used SharePlay. It was when I was renting MLB The Show, like the baseball game. Uh-huh. And I SharePlayed with my oh, brother, yeah. and we played like an entire like game. It kicked us off after like an hour. I don't know if you experienced that. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it, after an hour, it like kicks you off, and you just need to go and like restart. Yeah, you, you can like restart that, it. So. But it was... Yeah, I think sport games are like the perfect games to share play. Like, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rob, what about you? I know you have a huge list here. Yeah, I have a big list. I was gone the last show, and I also so it's this is basically a month of games that I've played. So, <laughs> oh, in that line, it doesn't look as impressive as I thought it was at first. But uh, <laughs> like Nathan said, we played some NBA Live and 2K. Um, we've I've played some Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, just kind of getting back into that. Um, we played you, Apex Legends. I can't remember. Have you beaten Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Rob? No, I'm okay. not even close. Because I took kind of a break because I got in, so engrossed into God of War that I was like, I'm going to beat God of War. And then I finished yeah. God of War and I went back and started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And the first time I went back, I used all the wrong controls because I just <laughs> got so 
God of War control stuck in my mind. we all mind. know how much side missions are in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, <clears throat> so you're probably just going to do all those oh before you gosh. do the main quest. I can't imagine <laughs> trying to play... So I've only played Odyssey a little bit, but I can't imagine going directly from God of War, which just feels so good, to going to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which their combat is fine, but it's not, it's not nearly as satisfying. <laughs> as no, the God of War combat is super satisfying, and then going to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the thing was I had to retrain myself how to play the game, yeah. so the first yeah, yeah, time back was really rough. I died like 20 times. <laughs> Don't and you wish that's, go that's back what to happened. Uh, Assassin's Creed 1 controls where there was the the stab button and the counter button and the jump button. Those are like your three buttons. Like, yeah, and the drown while trying to fall into water. <laughs> uh, um, classic well, and, feature. And, and the crazy thing about Assassin's Creed Odyssey is so I died like 20 times when in the entire first, you know, up to the level I'm at, I'm like level 15 or something like that. I died like three times. Be before that. Yeah. So I died oh, so. three times, and then I come back uh, and play like play God return. of War, and I die more times than I did in the entire like previous playtime before. That. You know, 15, 20 hours or yeah. so I've already put into it. So is that some screw just punishing you for cheating on it? Exactly. I think so <laughs> I mean, it it was it was Jealous. really bitter. It was great. Um, some other games I've played, I played a little bit of uh, Vernum 3, which is an indie game by Spiderware or Spiderweb Software, which is really good. Um, and I'm just kind of, I pre-ordered one of his games, so I'm kind of like, oh, I should finish this game before I move on is to it, the next what one. What kind of game is it? Is it an RPG? Yeah, it's a, it's an isometric top-down type game. You called it. Well, it RPG. is Rob playing a Steam game. So. <laughs> it's, it's a series that um, is a remake of a series that I played when I was like seven and eight years old. Yeah. I, I so, I, I mean, this is that. this is like classic nostalgia remastered into a newer form. So, I mean, nice. it's everything I hoped and dreamed and loved. <laughs> cool. Uh, played some Steep. Played some Apex Legends. Played some classic original Legend of Zelda. Yeah, how did you how did you get to play in that? You never played so, Nintendo games. So I actually borrowed an NES classic from my brother. Oh, nice. Oh. So I Wait, was. Did you find any dungeons? I have not yet. Nathan's <laughs> <laughs> laughing like I'm better than you at a game, Rob. I, I, I can't talk about it that much because I've only I've never beaten the original Legend of Zelda. And I think I've only gotten to like the fourth dungeon it's very or something hard. like that. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. The first half is like fine, and the second half is brutal. Yeah, I was kind of trying to win and you know go through the overworld and do some stuff and didn't make it super far. I died a lot. It Just was exciting. Squint your eyes, yes. pretend it's Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then the last one that I played was This is the Police. This is a game I picked up on Steam a while ago, and I was kind of like, I should play some of these games that I keep buying randomly on a whim. And it was already installed on my computer, and basically it's like a simulation cop type simu- you know thing, but it's about a police chief who's basically like, you know, I'm too old for this and, you know, getting, he's going to retire in a certain amount of days and you have to earn a certain amount of money. And yeah, it's kind of like, it's very similar in concept to papers, please. Okay. Okay. So you're like, like kind making of, uh, kind of making choices and stuff. Like you're that, making right? choices. Yeah. 
and you're deciding how many cops you're going to send, who's loyal, who's not, who's, you know, uh, a, a criminal. You know, I mean, it's, you make some decisions like, do you go into the house? Do you, you know, you, you tell your squad, you're basically running it from the police station while your officers go out and do everything. But oh, okay. it's really intriguing. It's a very fun game so far. So Nice. Cool. Well, I I did want to also mention, I forgot to mention, because uh, I uh, beat it like right after we did the show two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I did beat uh, The Walking Dead uh, Season 3, um, The New Frontier. Nice. Um, so I'm officially ready for the final season. I think the last episodes hit uh, this weekend. So that's going to be, I'm planning on playing through that this week. And, uh, you know, so I can be up to date and have, uh, you know, the end of Clementine's story uh, happen right there. That was that was like your your post credit scene. It's like Clementine's story will continue. <laughs> so Report like, back to us whether Clementine dies, and if she doesn't die, I will be upset. Well, I I, I will be crying either way. I'm sure. <laughs> this, the, I will say this game. I, I did enjoy the story. Um, I didn't. It didn't bring me to like tears or have super emotional moments for me. Like there was a lot of different characters they were balancing, and um, well, I appreciated you know a lot of the relationships, and it was very family based and. You know, the choices and stuff were fun. Like, it's what I've come to expect. Um, didn't really hit me very hard, and that may just be because I've kind of been out of the franchise for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've played it on quite a while. But I wouldn't say it's better than the first two seasons. Um, but, we know, you know, we talked about in our Telltale episode, this was when they were making, like, 50 games at the same time. And all their games yeah. kind of took a dip in quality. So looking back on it now, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see maybe why I didn't like it as much. So. I'm hoping this this last season wraps up everything very nicely. I'm excited to to see what happens and uh, yeah, cool. Sounds good. But anyways, thank you so much for listening to our show this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can find us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore Games, uh, just like at Magical Worker did. He left us uh, his thoughts on Twitter about what he thought about the Google Stadia. So thought we'd give him a quick shout out on the show here he said uh he thinks the google stadia will be good and he's probably just going to use the switch controller for it uh i assume that he means the pro controller there since it works with chrome and uh, he said he's heard good things about google's project stream so yeah you know, i think there's you know a lot of positive interest and mm-hmm. um i think it's safe to say we're we're curious and excited to see uh, you know what happens uh with google stadia when it when it launches so uh, we'll see you guys next week. We will leave you with Dire Dire Docs from Super Mario 64. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you.